Welcome back to the Florida Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are in the middle of the AL West this time, not an AL Mid. We are with the Texas Rangers and Los Angeles Angels today. Uh, two really big offseason spenders and a huge offseason for the Angels in the past couple of weeks with the World Baseball Classic. Uh, I'm really interested to see how these teams have developed and what we think about them heading into the season. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. These are two teams that have kind of been like not threatening in any way for the last what, five or six years, but now probably longer than that, actually. But now uh, they're looking to try and make a playoff push. Debs, how are we doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, a little under the weather, but we, but we ride through it. Um, But, I mean, both these teams have the ability, if they're in probably the middle, the centrals, um, then they're probably going to win those divisions but or have the ability to. But it's just they're stuck in the AL West. So, Yeah, that's completely fair. Like, they these two teams – they both have playoff-capable rosters, but they're in tougher divisions, and they happen to play in the American League. Um, that That's two stones that are pretty difficult to overcome. Yeah. We're going to kick it off with the Texas Rangers, who um, last year, before the 2022 season, they went out and spent $500 million on Marcus Semien, of course, Corey Seager, just out of the blue. Uh, no one really expected them to land Corey Seager and Marcus Semien. With that, though, they are kind of playing for this offseason get the foundation, and then build on top of it. Because last year, they went 68-94. and 94. That's not good. Martin Perez was good. And everyone outside of Adolis Garcia, plus, you know, Semyon and Seager, was pretty underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, Nathaniel Lowe was good. Um, did you say yeah. that? And, um, I forgot to say that, but yeah. I mean, Jonah Heim is not like... <clears throat> like a bottom catcher. I think he has the potential to break out. I'll probably mention that later, but... You know, I like I, I like the foundation of this team. I feel like I feel like we can't really grade this rebuild until really next year. I don't know what the timetable is for this team, but this reverse rebuild, we've talked about it a million times. I'm not sure when, when the timeline for competing begins. It might be this year, but I think it's really going to be next season in 2024. Well, I think they've just been building one offseason onto another. So last offseason, they went out, they got these two guys. This, they went after some more pitching heavy. And then maybe next off season, or I think I think next season it'll really kind of kick off when their their young prospects kind of do come up. I think there's a lot to be said about their prospects. We'll talk about some of them later, but the ones that we're not going to talk about, Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker, they they went big on them the past two drafts, first round picks both times. Uh, right now, Rocker's not even a ranked prospect. Jack Leiter is literally the second to lowest ranked prospect via Fangraphs, right above Robert Hassel. Um, and sorry, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, but Jack Leiter hasn't looked like himself. It kind of looks like Vanderbilt's trackman was a little bit juiced. Um, so the Rangers really need him to, you know, develop if they want this rebuild to be something. Moving on with the rebuild, Stevs, walk us through this offseason. So they did lose two guys. They lost uh, Cole Calhoun and Matt Moore. Um, but they did, they got in a lot of, they, they signed a lot of pieces. They got Jake Odorizzi from Atlanta for Colby Allard. They re-signed Martin Perez, uh, with a qualifying offer, signed Jacob DeGrom to a five-year $185 million deal, signed Andrew Heaney to a two-year deal with an opt-out after one year, Nathan Eovaldi to a two-year deal, uh, and Robbie Grossman to a one-year deal up to $5 million in incentives as a $2 million as a base. And then went out and signed Will Smith to wrap up the year at one year, $1.5 million. So again, like I said, they went out and were a little more pitching heavy this offseason after getting two, uh, the two foundational pieces in their middle infield last offseason. It's okay. Like, obviously, like the big grab was Jacob DeGrom. 
which when he's healthy is fantastic. But as every single thing this offseason has pointed out, it's when he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, last year, I remember reading a stat that was like, this team lost the most games by one run in like the history of baseball. So, I mean, that 68-94 record doesn't really reflect how close they were. I mean, yeah. They're more a like a 75-win team last year. Yeah, a couple things flip around and you get you get a lot more lucky. That's definitely a different look team. It, it, this is it's interesting. They they address the pitching, so maybe maybe that offense will not lose by one run every time. You know, I mean, you you'd certainly hope if you're a Rangers fan. I don't think they address the offense. So it it still isn't. There's not that big of a thump past the first four, maybe five in that lineup, and it's concerning in all honesty. Um, I mean, you had a couple down seasons. In, in like total, I mean, Simeon had a down season, Seager had a down season, um, Brad Miller had a down season. I mean, Brad Miller wasn't a superstar, but he 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 was pretty good. Um, you know, last season was a bit of a down year for him, uh, a little disappointing. I have a pretty good feeling that I'm not going to say it's going to completely click, but uh, there's going to be a couple bats in the lineup that are going to you know figure it out. I think Corey Seager being the main one in this lineup mm-hmm. that's going to figure it out, um, and he'll be that main thump bat. Yeah, I think it's the the depth, you know. It's, you know, I'll go through the lineup real quick, just like, you know, we're on the topic of it right now. It's Marcus Simeon leading off at second. That's good, right? He's one of your $100 million guys. You got to have him play well. He started to heat up once he hit his first home run. That's just going to have to take forever last year. Uh, Corey Seager hitting second at shortstop. Nathaniel Lau, who had a huge breakout last year. I forgot to mention that earlier. Tom brought it up at first base. Looks like a really good bat. This is kind of what he was supposed to be on the Rays, but he came over to the Rangers and he actually developed. Adolius Garcia... Uh, he had a lot of hype his 2020 rookie season. Do I have that right? Yeah. And then he hasn't really hit that like same level, but the defense is, you know, it's pretty solid and it looks like there's foundation for a good player there right now. He's kind of just a 10% above average player, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Jung, we'll talk about later is one of their big prospects. Jonah Heim was their catching breakout last year, even though they went out and they got Mitch Garver, Mitch Garver missed a majority of the season. They got Robbie Grossman in the offseason, Brad Miller last offseason, and Bubba Thompson's currently their center fielder because Yodi Severus is injured. I don't like it. I'm not uh, I'm not as big as a hater as Brad is, but like you can see why I don't like it. I mean, I see why you don't like it, but it's not like the worst lineup. No, we've no, no, I'm not saying they that. got they got Mitch Garver, Ezekiel Duran, Josh H. Smith, and Clint Frazier off the bench. Like, there's not it's not like what? Those are not the best bench bats. Um, They're not. Mitch I'm not Garver's saying that. Mitch Garver. I do like. He's just injured. Yeah. But uh, what I'm trying to say is like, it's not like there's a huge drop off. I feel like there's a lot of depth. Like it's not. It's like a bunch of mediocre players after like the top four or five. I think the issue is though. It's. It is. I agree. It's not like a straight drop off. It's like a. It's a gradual decline. You know. Yeah. But not like a good decline. It's more like a C for decline. But it's not a drop off. You know. There's some lineups yeah. where it's just like, doo, 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 doo. this one's really good. Doo, 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 doo. You know, that's yeah. a really good demonstration. That was a great demonstration, Brad. Um, I, can't, I can't argue with it. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you got you got a guy in, in Leo de Tavares who isn't going to be your bat, but he's also one of the best, you know, defenders out there in the outfield. I and mean, we talk about it on other teams. That's important to have. I mean, you can't have every bat be like this huge slugger. I, I think having some defense out, and out in the outfield will help the pitchers too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I could see Brad Miller struggling as much as he did last season that Mitch Garver takes over the DH spot. Um, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, I think he'll also take some games behind the dish if he's healthy. It's just he's not healthy. Yeah. I don't remember his defense being the best, but, you know, to get Jonah Heim some off days for sure. Yeah, and if you have Mitch Garver, who's like pretty good offensive player, even like the projections have him being a mid-750 or mid, mid-700s OPS type guy, uh, last year's looking at his catching, he was a completely average framing catcher and a little bit below average block. So a little bit below average defensive catcher, but not egregious. That's good. I mean, there's always that power upside. I mean, obviously the juiced balls when he was in Minnesota, but um, that power upside's still there for him. He could be, you know, an additional thump bat in the lineup. I think they really do need that because I like Semyon Seager low. It's pretty – or Lau, sorry. Low, Lau, Lee, Lou. They're yeah, the same. The, yeah. We know what you mean. Actually, Nathaniel Lau is related to Josh Lau, who's a Tampa Bay Ray, uh, the prospect for the Braves. Adolius Garcia last year was kind of like a 320 expected Loba guy, but everything around it supported that like he could be a lot better. He hits the ball really hard. He's got good range in the outfield. He's quick, so, you know – uh, hard hit infield single or short south running opposite direction. He can beat those out, steal a couple extra bags there. Josh Jung, I'll, I'll go through the prospect profile right now. Like he's a third baseman and they need a third baseman. He's expected to be the opening day third baseman and he seems pretty good. He's got a really good track record all the way until he hit a grinding halt in 2022 because it was injury plagued. He got up to the major leagues and he was just lost, swinging out of the zone, uncharacteristic, missing fastballs in the zone, uncharacteristic. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for right now. For right now. Because it's not a good thing if you normally use the opposite field as a right-hander. You should be able to use it. You should have that quirk. But you shouldn't majority be using the opposite field. And that's kind of a red flag. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in an injury season like that, you can't really take too much from it. I think the bigger sample size is, you know, his pretty good run in the minors, so... I, I would trust that over his his small stint in the in the pros. I'm I'm I not going to take too much away from him. It does. It takes some time for some guys to get acclimated to the league, and for that to be interrupted with injuries, it's 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 definitely not helpful to him or to the Rangers organization. So I think, assuming he's healthy this year, this will be a telltale sign to see how he's actually going to perform. And before we started recording, so you said you didn't like him. Was there like a reason for that, or you just not like him? I was just making a joke. Oh, okay, that works. Um. I mean, there is skepticism. Jonah Heim was solid when he came up last year. Uh, his framing is fantastic. His arm is poor. His hitting is not great either. Robbie Grossman's a veteran. Brad Miller, we don't know. Bubba Thompson, we don't know. I, it's just you have to you have to think about this team relatively as well. Stevs brings up the point. They're in the AL West, in the American League. Like this team is spending the money. As if they're a playoff team. I don't think they've constructed a playoff lineup. Yeah, this is kind of what the um what the Orioles should have done, probably. <laughs> like a team that was like at the brink of you know competing. But th- th- this was a confusing move from them. I mean, especially two years ago when they signed the, the big five hundred million um middle infield. It's just it's just weird to me. I don't know. Just think about it is when you're ready to like when you're doing this rebuild, right? When the Orioles say that they're going to spend money this offseason, it made sense though, because you had the prospects coming up and you supplement them with stars. That's what a rebuild should be. You know, when what's an example of a really recent good rebuild? The Astros, right? 
they built up their stars. They brought in Brantley in 2019. They got Carlos Beltran in 2017. They got Justin Verlander in 2017. They supplemented their young talent with stars. They're trying to supplement their stars with young talent, I think. I'm not That's even sure about that. Rebuild. That's the reverse rebuild that we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. But I don't know if that's I don't know if that's their thought process though. I think their thought process is to bring in some of these kind of higher profile guys and then have them kind of be there when those young guys do come up. But what it is not? a reverse real the reverse rebuild in the fact that like they don't have those guys yet, but like I mean, we know Jack Leiter's gonna come up. And when Jack Leiter comes up, he'll have Maddox and he'll have Jacob deGrom to learn from. So I don't like from that point of view, it's not a ter- it's not a terrible decision. Um, but again, it's just a matter of, of health health wise. And also, like when you get to the point where these guys are coming up, you'll still have what? When because Lighter's supposed to come up next season, you'll still have like um, this year. Um you'll still have DeGrom for like another four years. So That's a lot of confidence you have in your rookies or your young guys though, because if they don't if they don't perform, you're stuck with superstars on a wash team. Exactly. And the other concern is like I do agree that like, you bring in the good stars, right? Three point stars. It's also Semyon's gonna the last couple of years of his contract's not gonna look great. Yeah. He's gonna be older. DeGrom hasn't been healthy since twenty twenty. That's not great. Martin Perez will be gone. John Gray wasn't healthy last year, but he's at his best as a solid number two, number three. Nathan Yavaldi wasn't healthy, but he was pretty good in 2021, but he's older. He's only there for two years. Andrew Heaney's only there for two years. You don't have something solidified to support your stars because give it two years' time, and your rotation is a 37-year-old Jacob deGrom, John Gray, I think on the last year of his contract, maybe Kumar Rocker, maybe Jack Leiter, and Dane Dunning, Bonato. Like, I... They're going for a compete now. This team screams compete now, but I don't think they're ready for a compete now. I mean, this this appears to be maybe a trendsetter for the times. I mean, maybe it's a new new method by by GMs to do this reverse rebuild. But if it does blow up in their face, everyone's gonna laugh at them, including me. Um, these these two year deals for kind of like not veteran, but you know, thirty plus year old arms aren't aren't the way to do it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like signing Andrew Heaney. Um, I, I even even I mean I like I think, I think the two year deals are more like 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 carryovers. They're trying to kind of fill out the roster while their young guys aren't quite ready yet. If that I makes think, sense, I think the model, like the dream model, I think of is the Phillies here. Like this is the perfect version of this team is the Phillies, right? Get them yeah. into the postseason and see what they can do. The thing is, the Phillies had their own homegrown talent. They had Zach Wheeler, who they signed and rebuilt. They signed him for that five-year contract that everyone was so confused about, but it worked out. They have Aaron Nola, who's one of the top 10 pitchers in baseball. Ranger Suarez is pretty solid for them. JT Ramuto they got when he was young. Reese Hoskins, homemade. And they went out and they spent on stars to supplement that. Like Bryson Stott, and I'm going to count Brandon Marsh as pretty solid. I'll count him as a pretty solid I'll even count him as theirs because he was in the second year when they traded him. They traded for him, right? Yeah. They had young talent to supplement. The Rangers don't have it. And I mentioned the rotation. I'll say it again so it's in clear order. 
It's Jacob DeGrom, Martin Perez, John Gray, Nathan Eovaldi, and Andrew Heaney. At its ceiling, it's a very good rotation. Like, this can be a very good rotation. It's just DeGrom was out most of last year. He's thrown 150 innings in two seasons. Perez was a quality number two, if not a low tier number one last year. John Gray was not good last year, and he was hurt. Nathan Evaldi missed almost all of last year. Andrew Heaney got to 60-some-odd innings with the Dodgers, and it was strikeout or home run. That doesn't play well in the humid Texas environment. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm right now. I'm just researching their farm system, which, by the way, is ranked seventh by MLB Pipeline. I, but like these guys, I mean, they're all estimated around 2024, which is what I was saying before. I think they're preparing for the 2024 season. But then again, I'm not sure if these guys actually all make the roster. You know, in 2024, even this year. I mean, there's a guy. Um, What's his name? Justin Foscue. Yes. Who I, the second he, he baseman, up, right? Yeah. And who I thought would be coming up this season, but he didn't obviously make the roster. Um, could he be like a midseason call up? I mean, he's not even a top 100. I know. That's what I'm saying. They, they, they have depth, but it's all like past 100. You know, it's like 101 through 110, probably, the, their prospects. Yeah. And it does look like you did bring up the point. Like on MLB Pipeline, all of their top five prospects are 23, 24 ETs. Yeah. But Fangraphs isn't as high on their, you know, prospect system. And I'll I'll weigh both of them equally because but it's nice to have an outside view, not an MLB sponsored thing. Yeah. If that makes sense, evaluating prospects. Their bullpen isn't good. It's not bad. Jose Leclerc, pretty solid. Jonathan Hernandez, not familiar with. Brock Burke had a very good season last year. Joe Barlow can be very good. Will Smith is a crafty veteran. Taylor Hearn is a failed starter. We'd like to see a rebound from him, in all honesty. Uh, Cole Reagan's not in my book. Dane Dunning was in that Lance Lynn trade two seasons ago. And he's looked solid at times, but there's also been times where he just hasn't been in. Yeah, I mean, I think the guys I like in this bullpen are probably Brock Burke and Jose Leclerc. And, I mean, Will Smith is, you know, that aging. That rhyme. So, it's, yep, it's true. I mean, Will Smith is aging, but he was – effective back in the day who gets the closing role is it jose leclerc i would give it to probably leclerc or let's see what taylor hearn does this year because i could see him making a little push for it the thing i like about this bullpen is they, they actually have an abundance of lefties which is good i mean it's about split 50 50 it's actually you know balanced a lot of bullpens especially now are all just right-handed flamethrowers and i think having a lot of lefties in there might help with their versatility i i agree with that i think getting a different perspective of looks like a different amount of looks on the team is going to be pretty good for a bullpen it's just i worry about how much that workload is going to be if the starting rotation isn't effective yeah i think that's a big that's a big issue right you don't you don't know what these guys are going to bring over a long 162 game series season especially if jacob degrom goes down if john gray goes down if nathan ilvaldi isn't anything good i mean you're already down glenn otto and jake otto rizzi so we don't know how all that's going to come into play right and i definitely mm-hmm. think i think leclerc you know what you're going to get out of leclerc and you know what you're going to get out of a couple uh, i got a couple more of these guys but i think a big thing is going to be is 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 going to be like the looks that you get from them and and how they keep that over 162 game season in, in what right. range in what range would you rank this rotation ceiling in, you know, to floor like yeah, just not 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 crazy ceiling, crazy floor, like a five range, like five okay. spot range. 
And that's the thing, though. You have to. You have no, to and, take... and no, and I, I, the thing I'm trying to say here is, what? How far is their waiting with Jacob Degrom compared to the waiting without Degrom? Because if Degrom goes down, this rotation with, is ten spots lower. With Degrom, they're knocking on top ten. Yeah. Without Degrom, they're bottom of the teams. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so that is very important for him. I mean, we'll probably talk about that later. But I, I think, I think the Grom signing was ballsy, and I think if it works, they're they're they might actually be one of the best rotations in baseball. But you know, considering his history, it, it's the not. The thing working. is, if Degrom's healthy for this for this to work, right? You need Martin to, Perez to repeat, which it honestly looks like he might. He looked really good in the World Baseball Classic, but this is his first year, not with just a sub three, but with a sub four ERA. In his entire career, he had thrown a eleven hundred career innings, and never had a sub four ERA. I mean, yeah, you can look at the stats, but I think sometimes the light just goes on later for some guys. I mean, can you, can you check his his pitch profile? I mean, has have those drastically changed? Because if those haven't changed, it makes sense he probably got lucky. But if those pitching profiles just have changed, then I mean, that means he actually made some sort of adjustment. That it looks know, like he stopped using the curveball as much. And started using his sinker more, which probably looks at why his ground balls were a bit more effective this year. His forcing fastball actually got better. Um, it really just looked like he started throwing more fast, like fastball pitches, fastball cutter, sinker. Yeah. And it did help. Um, his tap his top four pitches were sinker, cutter, change of fastball, and using a slider or curveball combined 4.9% of the time. So it really looks like he's saying, you know what? I'm not going to go for the swing and miss. I'm going to put the ball, I'm going to do what I'm good at and put the ball on the ground. And he did a very good job at it last year. I think the issue with that is it relies on the defense being good. Yeah. I mean, that's a bit concerning with the infield. Mm -hmm. um, but especially, right. what was his ship percentage last year? 65% against lefties. Yeah, so but he gets he, guys to roll over. So. But he only faced lefties 136 times compared to righties that he faced 685 with only a 16% shift. Maybe he's got good splits versus lefties too, though. And so you kind of think, oh, I'm not really going to hit my lefties today. Yeah, he only faced lefties for a total of 34 innings last year. That That's actually, yeah, that, that makes, makes sense. Yeah, so it looks like you're going to get pretty heavy right-handed lineup. So I don't think the shift will be too detrimental towards him. Uh, lastly, their last prospect before we get on to our predictions is Owen White. We're speaking of the starting pitching, right? They do have some young prospects. Dane Dunning's already up. Glenn Otto's injured at the moment. You can consider Taylor Hearn still a young prospect, even though he hasn't really shown it. Owen White, starting pitcher, he's got slightly above average stuff, which is fine. His slider's his best pitch. It can reach up to a grade 70. His command is what makes him special, though. He's a 50 future value guy with 60 future value command. You can make a pretty effective major league pitcher, but it really just sounds like another pitch to contact type guy to me. Um, yeah, that's probably true. Um, I mean, I guess they, that's that, that's the reinforcements that they need um, throughout the season. Because again, like we we've already mentioned, two other guys are already out, and Jacob Degrom probably will be out at some point in the season. Mm -hmm. So if he can come up, fill in that role well, then that's exactly what they need. Agreed. So can you kick us off with your uh, predictions? Okay, sounds good. So I have them going 75 and 87, which is better than last year, but not anything crazy. Uh, MVP, Corey Seager. 
Um, Cy Young, obviously, I'm going to go with Jacob deGrom, assuming he's healthy. With that, he is also their most important piece because he needs to be healthy for them to be good. Um, in the breakout, I have Josh Young. I think, uh, like Brad talked about earlier, um, this kind of he he was he was hurt much much of last season, and that kind of uh, affected what he was able to do. It's fair. I I'm very similar to you. I have them at 78 and 84. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for the one run games from last year, and it's just looking at what they've added this offseason, right? If everything goes right, it's a fairly good team. It's a wild card contending team, which is what I think they're you know banking. On. That's everything going right. That's why I have them at 78 and 84. Some of the pitching will get hurt at some point. Yeah. As Dennis mentioned, the most important stake of the ground. Because if he's there, it's very effective starting pitching. It's you have you have a stopper. An ace is a stopper, and that's what Jacob DeGrom is. You're losing two out of three games in a series. It's game three. Jacob DeGrom's on the mound. All right, we're winning today. Or at least not the New York Mets. MVP, I have Corey Seager. Tom's talked about him in, in total this offseason, talking about how good everything looked last season under the hood, how well he actually played last year, and he just got unlucky. I think he'll get a little bit of rebound there. Cy Young, I have Martin Perez. I don't think Jacob DeGrom will be healthy. I have no reason to believe he'll be healthy. He's just getting older, and he's with a completely new organization. So maybe, you know what, they found the fountain of use with Mike Maddox as pitching coach, but you don't know. And breakout, uh, Steph mentioned it, Josh. I have the exact same as everyone else. Actually, except for the uh, Cy Young, I actually had Jacob DeGrom. I do believe I – don't, I don't think – I think he he will finish in the Cy Young race if he can finish if he can throw 130 innings. That's how good he is in those innings he pitches. So I have him as my Cy Young. I have Josh Young as my breakout. I have him as my I have uh, Degrom as my most important, and then I have Seager as my MVP. We've talked about that a million times. Um, I have the record being 77 and 85. I believe that's between you two. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's a reasonable range. I feel like this team does have a very big volatility. Um, I think. I think their ceiling is more of my record, but flipped, probably eighty-five and seventy-seven as their ceiling. I'd go, I'd go higher. In all yeah. honesty, really, I would go higher because think about it: if you get a full season from Jacob Degrom, we'll call it full season one hundred thirty innings. Yeah, that's that's, that's, super, that's super effective. Martin Perez repeats, maybe regresses ten percent. That's your, that's a very good number two. John Gray throws one hundred fifty to innings to a three-five ERA, something of that nature. You know. Eovaldi returns. He was just injured last year. And Andrew Heaney isn't awful. That's a pretty good starting rotation that keeps you in games. You have Semyon go off. Seager goes off. Lowe goes off. Garcia, you know, bumps up. Josh Jung performs. It's the six through nine. If it's good, this team can knock on 90 wins, in all honesty. But is that is the anchor of that six through nine heavy enough to prevent that? I, I think it is just because, I mean, we've seen some fairly bad, you know, offensive production lineups win a lot of games like the Rays. You know, this is a better offensive lineup than the Rays. So off, offensively, solely offensively, not not worry about defense, not worry about war, just solely offense. This is definitely a better team than the Rays. And when you have a pitching staff that, that has a high upside, I think their volatility all lies within. Don't look at me like that. Their volatility all lies within their pitching. I think I think their bats are going to be fine. I I'm not like completely banking on it, but I I think they'll be all right. They're not better than the Rays. Let's put it out there right no, now. No, they're not better than the Rays. They're, they're offensively. They're... I don't think they are either. Yeah. No, that's just not right. That's just not right. 
We can argue about that off off camera, but that, that is just that that's a horrible take. L. I think that's close. I think it's closer than people are gonna say, but I think the Rays take it barely. I will put I their know. ceiling at like eighty eight wins. Yeah, I think that's. I'd right. say eighty eight works. And then their floor is probably last year, right? I would almost go worse than last year. Yeah. At, what was the record last year? 60, I will do sixty seven and ninety five. I don't think they're a hundred loss team, so yeah, I, I agree. That's probably about right. 63 yeah. and 99. That might be the biggest. Is that the biggest volatility we've had so far? I think we had like, oh, I'd have to go through all of them. I don't want to uh, open the documents, but we'll I think do, this might we'll be double this back. Is definitely top one, top two, top something. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely in the top three. I'm trying to we think can, what other teams would have a bigger one. We can, we can oh, recap two? that in the, when we do our awards predictions, we can talk about highest volatility yeah. and lowest volatility. Uh, I'm just looking through the names right now. Sorry. This is actually like very intriguing. I'm assuming the Marlins are probably up there. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I don't think we had. That. Yeah, this. Is, this might be the biggest one. It yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, this yeah. is a team that's like very questionable. Yeah, and it's exactly what they designed. So, yeah. With that, is it uh, Angel time? It's Angel yes. time. Let's so, talk about. Let's talk about. Yep. Uh, so Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. Yeah, they're not even close. Um, how about having Mike Trout win like three MVP awards, and make the playoffs once? Uh, especially last the past two years, where Shohei Otani has been first and second. Last year, Shohei Otani was second MVP award behind the legendary Aaron Judge season. Shohei Otani was second in MVP and fourth in Cy Young award voting. That's pretty good. Trout only played 119 games, but he hit 40 home runs for only the second time in his career, which is crazy to think about. In all honesty. Um. 73 and 89. Welcome to the Los Angeles Angels, right? Like they have stars, but last year they had the biggest difference between top three in their lineup, which was Taylor Ward. He had a breakout. Taylor Ward, Shoy Otani, and Mike Trout, and four through nine. The difference in OPS was the greatest of all time. It was over 200 points of OPS. The starting pitching was actually pretty good. It was actually top 10 in baseball, regardless of popular belief. Oh, man. I'm. I'm looking back at this lineup. It, this this volatility rating might match the Rangers for me. Um, I I like the offseason moves. I mean, do you want me to highlight I, the uh, Steve, you got it. Steve, you got yeah, it. Yeah. You're our guy. <clears throat> All right. So they lost they lost Michael Lorenzen and Matt Duffy. Uh, Lorenzen goes to Detroit and Matt Duffy has the Royals. They also lose Kurt Suzuki, Nats legend. He decides to retire. It's been a very good career. Um, but they got in. They got Tyler Anderson on a three-year deal. They acquired Gio Arcello from Minnesota for Alejandro Hidalgo. They acquired Hunter Renfro from Milwaukee for Jansen Junk, Elvis Paguro, and Adam Adam Seminaris. Brad, don't look at me like that. Um, we got a daily Brandon like Stev's reliever name. <laughs> yeah. uh, signed Brandon Jury to a two-year deal. Signed Brett Phillips to a one-year deal. And signed Matt Moore to a one-year deal. So I like the moves. Like it wasn't – they didn't sit on their hands like they normally do. And they really haven't been – in the last couple of seasons, they've gone out and tried to make moves. It's just the moves have ended up blowing up in their face, right? They went out and they signed Anthony Rendon, and he's been hurt much of the last four years. And then they went out and they signed – I mean, Syndergaard wasn't the best move, but they went out and signed Syndergaard, and he was not very good. So they're not – it's not like they're not trying to win. It's just the moves that they are doing backfire on them. I love this move. I love this offseason, man. I'm not even going to lie. When you when you when you pick up Gio Urshela and he's a bench bat for you, keep in mind Anthony Rendon's probably going to get injured. But 
you know, he's a bench bat right now. That's some depth right there. Giro Urshela is criminally underrated, um, you know, as a, as a hitter, at least. I wouldn't call it criminally underrated. He's pretty underrated. People people don't don't realize because he was on the, you know, yeah. But he, he, was, pretty, he was pretty underrated. Hey, I'm right. Um, but I, I really like this, these offseason. They addressed what they needed to. Um, unfortunately, now the rotation has four out of five of uh, their pitchers being left-handed pitchers. That That's doesn't okay. matter. That doesn't matter. They have uh, Shohei Otani. It's a little, right? yeah, it's a little, it's a little weird. But I do like the moves they made. Um, you know, nothing like groundbreaking, but I mean, they picked up some bats, and I, I like. I think my favorite move from the offseason is season is uh the Hunter Renfro move. To be honest, I think that's the biggest one for me. I like that they changed their bad players. Like last year, the fall off, it became average players. At worst, like Brandon Jury, at worst, is an average player, right? I think that's an accurate representation of who he is as a player. I think Tyler Anderson's going to regress, but it's still yeah. fine. Gio Urshela, as you said, good depth. He is good. He's just not criminally underrated. Criminally underrated. Um, I, I agree, though. The Hunter Renfro move is a real game changer for this team. Uh, I'm just trying to look. I think the issue is they're also going to have to run a six-man rotation because they have Otani. Unless Otani is like, you know what? I have big balls. I'm going to throw every fifth day. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to work for him, but... Um, it, he, it, this is his last year under contract, right? Does he have one more? No, this is his last one. Okay. So that's what I thought, but I'm going to go over the rotation. So they have Shohei Otani, obviously. Then they have Tyler Anderson, Patrick Sandoval, Reed Detmers, and Jose Suarez. It's a, it's a good rotation. It's not terrible. There's some skepticism you can have around a couple of the guys, but I mean, you know what you're getting out of Otani, and you know where you're getting out of Patrick Sandoval. Like you, those are two guys that I for sure can say are pretty. They're stable, and then the other guys are stable enough, but there is some skepticism around them, right? I would say that uh, Sandoval is going to be good when he's on the field. He's been hurt a lot yeah. the past couple of seasons. I think last year he only threw I think 93 innings last year. Um, he looked really good in the World Baseball Classic. Again, that's basically spring training, so take with that what you want. But I I will take that, considering he was facing pretty elite lineups last year. Oh, he threw 148 innings last year. It was yeah. 2021 where he threw. Okay. Last year, he was really good. 291 ERA, over 148 and two-thirds innings. Uh, a whole one point of ERA higher than his expected ERA, but it kind of makes sense as he, he let up a couple of line drives. Um, his launch angle was a perfect line drive. I like him. You know what? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Tom, your guy, Reed Detmers. I'm going to read Detmers, you know, uh, defender. You know, I, I really like Patrick Sandoval, too. If, if Shohei wasn't in this rotation, I would probably pick him to be my Cy Young. Um, I think I'm the most, you know, iffy on Tyler Anderson and if he can, you know, kind of change it up. Because, I mean, if you remember, before he was on the Dodgers, he was kind of a nobody. Not like like a middle-of-the-pack, probably below-average starter mm -hmm. uh, with the Pirates. I mean, I watched his game in person last year, actually, ironically, when the Dodgers were playing against the Angels, and he almost threw a no-hitter against them. So I guess they took it personally and said, uh, if we can't beat him, let, let's just sign him. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it doesn't look like a bad move to me. I mean, even if he regresses slightly, he's still probably about an average pitcher. Um, and Reed Detmers has that upside. He's still young, very high prospect you know a couple of years ago i think he still has the potential to you know build upon his last season which wasn't very like not crazy but i think he's got some upside and i think he definitely has one of the mental things in, in the game you know he has like this 
goes on streaks. I think he's a very mental pitcher, and I think that when he gets in his zone, he's definitely a lot better. That's fair. I I agree with that take on him. I think that he came off. He had a really good stretch. I want to say July and August last year. Yeah, Does that I, sound I, right? I think you're right. Yeah, and you saw what he could be. It's just, is he going to be able to hit that more frequently, or are we going to see kind of what we've seen the first two seasons of him being up on major rosters? Jose Suarez is just kind of a below average. He's a fifth starter. But every yep. team needs a fifth starter, you know? So if Tyler Anderson regresses to a number two, which is fine. If he regresses to a number two or number three, that's fine. Shohei Otani's an ace. He might be the best stuff pitcher in baseball, best stuff starting pitcher in baseball, maybe outside of Corbin Burns. Patrick Sandoval could be the number two. And then it's Detmers and Suarez. If they're legit, if, they, if they're successful, Jose Suarez can pitch to a four ERA. And if Reed Detmers throws to a three, five, you have a round starting rotation and it is okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can argue with that. Tom, do you want to walk us through that bullpen? Oh, it stands with the avoiding the bullpen so he doesn't have to mispronounce names. But watch this. I'm about to pronounce them all correctly. All right, in the bullpen, we got Carlos Estevez, Jimmy Herget, Ryan Tapera, Matt Moore, Matt Moore, Aaron Loop, <laughs> uh, Andrew Wance, uh, Jose Cuiata, Jimmy, Jimmy Barria, and Tucker Davis. Hey, it's not funny when I do it. It's, not, it's, not, it's not easy, is it, Tom? Um, Jose Cuiata. Yeah, I knew that one. I did know that one. Um, yeah. It's not an awful bullpen. It's, it's certainly not, a bullpen. It's, it's a bullpen. It's missing, it's missing, you know, that Rysiel guy. Iglesias. Yeah, that was exactly yeah. what I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> it's missing Rysiel Iglesias. And I mean, who do they get I back? Luke, Tucker Davidson well. and some, I don't even know. The thing is, that might have been the worst trade period right of all time no not of all time there's definitely been worse but like just thinking about it right if you were going to go spend this off season you have a closer locked up for four years it would have been three more years this season the next two right you have one of the best closers in baseball locked up and you go trade him for nothing yeah that was like that was like if his contract was expiring that's the type of trade you would expect but a guy that has control like that is just a fleece, man. Like, how much better would this bullpen look with Bryce Hill Glacier Center right now? Probably top of the team, top, about, about middle of the pack. I'd say it's a little bit below average, the average now. Um, yeah, it's a little bit disappointing. I think, are there any, you know, closing, closing, uh, like big closers that are, you know, free agents after the season? I mean, Jack Britton's free right now. Yeah. Did but he pitch last year, though? Barely. Yeah. Yeah, haters a free agent, but I, I wouldn't mean, be surprised if the Padres. Yeah, I and I don't him. think I don't think the I think the Angels' main focus is going to be trying to retain Shohei Otani if they can at all. They're not um, going to do that. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, there's there is a way. It's just a matter of if he wants to stay with the organization or not. If they extend him before next offseason, next offseason is going to suck. Yeah, it's just Shohei next year. I mean, I mean, it's not Jay. Shohei, but oh, I think it is. I mean, there's you have Aaron Nola, you have uh, yeah, Urias, Shohei Otani, Jason Hayward, yeah. Okay. Uh, Javi Baez has an opt out. I don't know if you're he's going to exercise that. Oh, wait, never he's mind. Going to Josh Donaldson will be a free agent. Joey Votto will be a free agent. Kershaw will be a free agent. Charlie, or like, yeah, this is Martin Perez if he repeats at age 34. 
Jack Peterson. This isn't a good free agent class, so I think Shohei should test the waters. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to. It's just a matter of if the the Angels are going to try to – because they're not going to go out and they're not going to try and get – I mean, okay, if you lose Shohei Otani, you're not – you're definitely not ever going to win with Mike Trout on the team. It's just not going to happen. I don't even know if they win with both of them. Exactly, but it's it's ne- Mike Trout will never make the play. The next time we will see Mike Trout in a competitive game will be twenty twenty six, when he's in the World Baseball Classic again. They unless they keep Shohei Otani and keep making moves, that is what they need to do. I like this lineup. I really like this lineup. I mean, I do um, too. You got Taylor Ward batting first, who had an absolute breakout last year. Mike Trout, best player in baseball, second best now. You have, the, you have the number one and two back-to-back. You got Mike Trout and then Shohei Otani, Anthony Rendon uh, in the fourth spot, you know, a bit of an injury concern, but he has that upside. He could be that MVP guy that he was back in 2019. Hunter Renfro batting fifth, Brandon Drury batting sixth. Jared Walsh could have a bounce-back season. Logan O'Hop uh, and then David Fletcher. This is not a bad starting lineup. There's a lot of offensive production on here, and it, it, honestly, I, I think this is one of the better lineups in baseball now. I, I don't know what has clicked. But this lineup looks to be one of the best, like the best offensive lineups in baseball now. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even understating that. I think so, it's just uh, – you got to say that all day. So I, I, want, I want this team to be so good. and But they're, they're going to be fighting for, I, I honestly, at best, the third wild card spot. And I, I hope they can make it over – it'll be what, over like – because they're not, they're not. I don't think they're going to beat out the Mariners unless the Mariners Maybe just collapse. Like the Rays, the it would Blue have to Jays, be like the Rays the or the Orioles. Blue Jays. Um, and I, I want them to make that third wild card spot because if Mike Trout and Shohei Otani after the World Baseball Classic make it into the postseason, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna carry their team because the this this starting rotation with this lineup in the playoffs can equal success. We saw what Tyler Anderson did last year and what he did against the Padres. And I think that it can be pretty good in the postseason. I really like the lineup. I think that they increase from bad to average at worst. And that makes the lineups more depth. It gives the lineup more depth and it allows it to go all the way around. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, coming off the bench, you got Max Stasi, Luis Rengifo. Brett Phillips. Brett Phillips is not is not like this crazy guy, but I think and, and a, what he's a clubhouse guy. That's that's what he is. Yeah, I mean, Renifo honestly did not have a bad season last year. I think he he had a pretty good rookie campaign. I mean, he was a slap hitter, but I mean, two sixty four, seventeen home runs under the hood does not look that good. Does not look good. To, I mean, Brad will yeah. Brad will test. Will, yeah, he will he will say that, but. He's a slap hitter, so you're going to get those things. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a walk tool, so I think if he did have a walk tool, he'd be a guy in the 900 OPS range. But he can't walk. Um, I mean, he, he's gonna he's gonna be. I mean, this bench is not terrible. It's 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 a pretty good bench. I mean, Brett Phillips, you're gonna get a guy that's gonna be fun and bring some energy to the clubhouse and to the team. Um, Jira Urshela, Tom's already talked about. It. He's he's underrated, uh, not criminally, but underrated nonetheless. Um, Rengifo's gonna come out and do some things and then max stassi's gonna do some some even better things 
And Brad, I kind of wanted to ask you what your thoughts on Renhifo in general. So last year he was pretty decent uh, in terms of defense, I believe. He kind of filled in the role of shortstop when just everything went to crap. Last year his offense was not good. He didn't walk at Well, he has this strange power tool. No, he doesn't. He hit 17 home runs as a as a he has like he's in the twelfth percentile for average exit velocity. Yeah. His defense was actually below average. Um I'm gonna retract my previous statement. I was good. I was just saying, yeah, I was just saying the, the percentiles don't look good, but honestly, in it's an eight depth, it's yeah. it's fine. But this is the thing I'm talking about, right? Last year, this is the guy that was actually decent for them in their lineup in that four through four through nine, right? Now yeah. he doesn't play. That's an upgrade. That's what this team needed to do. Yeah. I I think this lineup is uh, well above average. I think if you're going to be concerned about something, it should be nearly all the pitching, but mainly the bullpen. The bullpen is not going to be enough to hold off opponents, especially they, they will have the run support now. I, I can guarantee they will have the run support, but I just don't think this bullpen is enough to stop other teams. Sorry, I'm looking through I'm looking through the free agency class next year because like imagine if this team had like a top tier shortstop. Like not even top tier, like a mid to top tier shortstop. Like like what? Ahmed Rosario? I don't know. I don't know who I would want to fill in that role, but I, I would want someone better than David. Fletcher. My reference was he's the biggest shortstop on the market next year. Yeah, I know. But that's but that's what I was trying to look for. Yeah. I was trying to see if there was anyone good. Like cuz you don't want Javi Baez if he if they if he opts out for some godforsaken reason. David um, Fletcher was good in 2019, I think. Was it 2019 where he was very good? 19 or 20. Wasn't was it good. like a year or two ago where he hit almost 300, he had like a 600 OPS? That sounds like a guy with a good hit tool and nothing else. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't strike out. He walks a decent amount. At this least in 2020. In his good and 2019 was good too, but 2021 he was, I think he was dealing with some injuries. But I, I don't know. 57 games in 2021. Really? Oh, let's yeah. check it. He's just a contact guy. I don't know if he's like. I mean, he does not hit. He does not hit the power. So. I just don't think that type of player, unless you can do it like. Among the best, like a Stephen Kwan, is sustainable nowadays. You either have to be elite or it's not going to work. Yeah. Did you guys talk about uh, Logan O'Hop yet in Prospect Central? No, I was gonna head. I was gonna head there. Um, you got him. But we got Logan O'Hop. He's likely going to be their everyday catcher uh, with Max Stassi kind of giving getting in there on their days on his days off. Play solid enough defense with pretty good approach at the plate and good contact. Like that's pretty much what you want from your catcher, right? You want a good, solid def- defender with a good bat, and I think he's going to fill that role extremely well. I think like his projection is projection as of right now is a completely average major league baseball player. I I'm I think he's going to be pretty good. Train. I I I'm, I am too. No, I'm just I, saying no. his that is what his projection is. I I I truly think that this guy will be in the in the top five, maybe top three of rookie of the year. I think. For the American League, I'm I'm a very I'm higher on this guy than Brad. I think it was a good move for them. Did he come from the? Did he, come from the Phillies in the, he was in the Phillies. Yeah. Was he the Brandon Marsh? No, no, he was. Because Marsh was Moniac for Marsh, wasn't it? I think Anhop, but I'm looking it up. 
Angels of the Phillies for Brandon Marsh in a trade at the deadline. So who did Monia go for? Isn't that the Tigers? Syndergaard. Yeah. Moniak was Syndergaard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like I like him. And oh, he's honestly, I'm gonna even even Brett, if you mentioned if he's an average bat, that still puts them well above average because there's no one holding down, you know, yeah. the, the top five bats in this lineup. Are you guys and, ready for predictions? I'm I ready think Tom predictions. should kick us off. Yeah, it seems a little I, I'm not like I'm not out Tom's there. excited. No, I had him at a pretty safe 80 and 82 for the record. Um, you know, that's probably right, right about the middle of the pack. Says, what are you looking at me like that for? Man, Keep, what... Keep okay. going. I have their MVP being Shohei, their Cy Young being Shohei, their most important being Shohei, um, their breakout being Logan O'Hop. And honestly, I, I think the role players on this team are actually have improved drastically. So I think that makes their volatility a lot higher. Stavs, what are yours? Uh, have them at 80 and 82. MVP Shohei, Cy Young Shohei, breakout Logan O'Hop. Uh, most important, I have everyone after Rendon in the lineup, and you can even kind of lump Rendon in there because of his injury concerns. I think, like Brad said, they went from bad at worst to mid at worst, and I think they need to stay at mid at worst. Like if if any of them kind of is bad and they don't perform well, then it, the the lineup's ruined. So I'm a little bit higher than y'all. I'm at 84 and 78, right? I think this team is the Orioles with stars. So if like if you combine these two teams, right, you have like the Astros. You combine these two teams, you have the Astros. But this is like without the young talent with the stars, what the Orioles need. But I think they're comparable to the Orioles. I have like I would say they're 84 and 78. It's like an 80th percentile winning percentage for them. I'm not going to deny that's very high for what they've shown they can do over the previous seasons. I think I, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout love it. They love the the World Baseball Classic. They want it back, and I hope they, I just hope they push that to their team. I want them in the playoffs so bad. Imagine Shohei and Trout in the playoffs. You know how like, the scary that would be. You have to face them back to back. I have their MVP and Cy Young as Shohei. Shocking. Most important, I put Trout, just because I thought y'all were going to say Shohei. Uh, and their breakout, I put Patrick Sandoval. Not that last year wasn't a breakout, but I think he solidifies himself as like a quality number two, and more people get familiar with who he is. Okay. Brad, um, my question is, when you say 80th percentile for a team that hasn't really you know shown it in the last couple of years, but in the last example, you had the Rangers ceiling being you know fairly high. Um, what's the difference? Because the Rangers have not shown it either. Do you think their ceiling? I think the I think the Angels' ceiling is far higher than the Rangers. I think. Oh, they I agree. Can... Okay, good. Okay, I thought you were saying otherwise. Oh, okay, I think their ceiling. Yeah, is I'm just saying I have them high, like closer to their ceiling than yeah. I would a team like the Rangers. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's also, so... the Rangers, like I think, where do we have them? We had them from 67 to 88, 88. so it's a 21 yeah. difference. So I think mine was perfectly in the middle. I mean, I think. Yeah. So what's the ceiling for this year? Let's say what's like ninety three wins. Ni- yeah, they 90, could win ninety three. Ninety something. Yeah, but it's very unlikely. It's unlikely, but they could win ninety ninety three games. Um, if, the, also, if the bullpen pops off and someone solidifies themselves as like a solid closer, then yeah, yeah. I, I think the role of the closer is that important. Yeah, especially unless it's like an electric person like an Edwin Diaz. I don't know. Aaron Loop can kind of come in and 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 slang it, man. Aaron Poop. 
Okay. <laughs> you know, I think their floor. I think their floor is raised from last year. I think they're. They have Aaron scooped it higher. Huh? They have Aaron scooped their floor higher. Yeah. I think it's an. Eight, I think it's a seventy-five win team is their worst. I think that's because a lot went wrong last year. You know, you missed gonna, out. I no. disagree. It's the Angels. But you need so many players to go down with. I don't. I don't think they're going to be seventy-three wins again. I don't, I don't think, think they're think going they... to, but it can it can. It can easily happen again. No, nope. it's, it's the Angels. They had Mike Trout and Shohei Otani have fantastic seasons. No, no, yeah, but now you have. Yeah, but now you have mid at best. We've literally talked about that. The, yeah, so the, I don't... The, the offense surrounding has become so much better that even if some players well, hold on, Tom, Tom, where, Brad, where is yours? Where is your floor? Seventy-two and ninety. <laughs> How about we meet in the middle at seventy-three and a half? What? Half game? Half game. That's like an over under. Yeah. Nah, I was gonna say seventy-four. So Yeah, that's probably, that's probably I'm a little higher. All right, I'll put it at seventy-three. Seventy-three and eighty-nine. The same exact record as last year, and that puts them at another really high volatility. Uh twenty so we have a twenty one win team and a twenty win team. Yeah, I mean that I mean it's kind of fitting that they fit in the same episode. I mean, honestly, I think that like I think these are the two most volatile teams. They're both in, you know, a, a very competitive division. And I honestly think if one team is going to succeed, the other's going to fail. If the Angels are going to be good, the Rangers won't be as good. You know what I'm saying? And, and vice versa. Yeah. So I, I think both of these teams, you know, in that volatility ranking makes sense. They're preying on each other's downfall. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts? No, that's all no, I got. Okay. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Foray Baseball Podcast. All social medias will be in the link in the description below. If you want to see any of our previous predictions, the only one we have left out is Astros Mariners. So anything else is out now. Thank you all for listening to the Foray Baseball Podcast. We will see you all next time. Peace. Stay-